Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to Western New York Entrepreneur, where we help entrepreneurs take the next step in their own business. And I have the pleasure to interview uh, Pat and uh, Gasser today. Did I say that correct, Pat? You got it. I got it. it. All right, awesome. Thanks so much for meeting with us. He's a busy serial entrepreneur, and uh, it was really cool to be introduced from him from another entrepreneur here in Western New York. It was actually Tom Robertson. I believe it was. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. So again, for those uh, who really drop names or really just introduce me to great entrepreneurs in the area that are local here that are just really killing and thriving and doing great things, uh, thank you for the introductions. But especially thank you to Tom today for introducing me to Pat. So Pat, you know, I do not want to regurgitate your story because it is so good. So for our listeners out there uh, that don't know you at all, what, what should they know about you? Sure. Well, I think I usually start with the fact that I uh, I was born in in the Buffalo area, born and raised in this in Western New York. Um, so I'm I'm accustomed to being buried in snow, you know, four or five months <laughs> out of the year. And uh, I always say I don't usually get used to it. I, I like to head to warmer climates when I can, but I, I am to some extent you do get used to it after a while. I was born completely blind, and I only bring that up because I it's not it doesn't define who I am, but I think it it probably does shape. Uh, the lens that, through which I view the world, no pun intended. So a lot of times I, <laughs> I'll, uh, certain thing, things I'll say, if somebody's not, doesn't actually, hasn't actually met me and doesn't know that about me, they might think, hmm, I wonder why he said that. Um, so uh, my parents probably figured it out about eight to 10 months after I was born and uh, took me to a bunch of different doctors and different, a bunch of different specialists. And they told them that uh, eventually they, they did diagnose that I was completely blind with some light perception, uh, which is all I have to this day, 32 years later. So uh, they did me a huge favor at that point. And I always thank my parents publicly uh, whenever I speak. And that's that they didn't place limitations, any of their limitations in terms of what they thought I could or couldn't do on me and and in doing so put those things in my head so they didn't limit me they didn't place any limiting beliefs on me and for that reason i grew up like any other child believing i could do whatever i set my mind to they always encouraged me to go out there and go after whatever my goals were that i set up and you know they made it clear you're gonna have to work hard maybe you're gonna have to work harder than some people um, because of some of the challenges you're gonna face but you absolutely can accomplish what you want they also didn't discourage me from marching to a different the, the beat of a different drum to some extent so i you know you mentioned me being a serial entrepreneur i think that's one of the things that uh, sometimes entrepreneurs have in common right that sometimes we mm-hmm. think outside the box maybe our brain i would say sometimes our, there's something missing or something extra there in our brain i'm not sure which it is but uh, we look <laughs> yeah. we look at the world through a different lens you know we kind of watch the status quo and say hey uh, I'm going to analyze this and see where it leads for the majority of people. And so early on, I mean, I went to college, but after college, I was in a call center job that I absolutely hated. And I don't use the word hate for a lot of things, but I really did not like the work. And it was still a blessing for me because I learned very quickly what I didn't want. I didn't want to be micromanaged. I didn't some, want someone controlling my time. Uh, I didn't want to work for an hourly wage. 
Uh, I remember at one point, uh, one of my managers there, uh, her name was Chrissy, to this day I still remember this, and I, if I could ever meet her again, I'd give her a big hug because it was one of the best things she ever did. She told me I had to work Christmas Eve day, and that was always a huge day for my family around the holidays, um, was Christmas Eve probably even bigger than Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And so I Same remember- my family, by the way, Pat. Yeah, Go so I remember going back, to my, going back to my desk and just being like, I don't wanna do this. I don't want someone to have that much control over me that they can tell me how I'm gonna spend the 24th of December. And so I, for whatever reason, I don't know why I did it looking back. I took out a calcul- my calculator and was doing some math about uh, the previous call that I had done. And then for whatever reason, put in $10 an hour divided by 40 and figured out that I was making exactly 25 cents a minute. And at that moment, I just decided that working for trading time for money was not something I wanted. And I don't know why I fell into that so early in life, but I don't think if I would have had a job that was tolerable for me that I would have done that so soon, maybe ever, I don't know. But I, I did the complete opposite about a month and a half later. I went and started my insurance career, got licensed life accident health to go start as a, a sales rep 1099 straight commission plus renewals. And for those of you who've never, who are not familiar with the insurance model of a lot of companies in that industry, if you sell a policy and you're a straight commission sales rep plus renewals, you make uh, commissions on that the first year uh, up front. But then the following year, you get paid again a smaller percentage. So as soon as I heard that that was something that was possible, I didn't even know that this existed, that I could make ongoing residual income, I fell in love with the concept right away. And from that point forward, uh, I vowed that I wasn't going to do anything that I was going to get paid per hour. I was going to do things that I could get paid multiple times or over and over for a single time, a single effort of work. Um, and I'm glad I found it that that soon at you know 23 years old. And so here I am, you know, nine years later, still doing uh, the same thing. I now have a, a second flow of income. I'm really passionate about uh, a network marketing business I started with my wife about a year and a half ago. Uh, but it's all really revolves around you know, as I, as I call it, planting an apple orchard rather than being the person going and picking the apples for an hour's wage. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with either or that either one, one is better than the other. But for me, just the way my brain works, once I understood residual income, I could never go back. Yeah. And you also doing research on you, you also do speaking as well. I do. So yeah. how did you get into that, Pat? Uh, so through, just through a couple of friends, um, you know Chris Noggle, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris is one of the people who in, introduced me to uh, you know, public speaking opportunities, and, and I've done that for uh, seminars, business seminars, uh, entrepreneurial events, and uh, speaking to students as well. That's so cool. So, uh, yeah, so, you're a little, so thank you so much for sharing all that, by the way. Absolutely. So that being said, you know, so what are the misconceptions that you think people have about, about being blind and being an entrepreneur or maybe an entrepreneur that they might conceive as a disability, but we don't really view it that way. So what are some misconceptions that come to mind when I ask you that question? Uh, I think, I think it's an interesting question. I think a lot of times people think that, you know, that people who have a quote unquote disability or physical challenge of some kind, they can't do uh, certain things. So there are certain things that they can't do. Like I had one time an Uber driver told me about two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you travel all the time. This has to be really difficult. Why don't you want to just get a desk job? And I just, I cringe because that's <laughs> just not who I am, but uh, pull over. I, I'm right. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting out. No tip. Yeah. You're not getting a five-star rating, but no, I'm just kidding. But you know, we had a good conversation after that, but 
Uh, I think there's just misconceptions as to what someone who has physical challenges can do. Like I said, I was born blind, so Mm -hmm. I think that really helped me in that this is the only way I know the world. if you've never had chocolate, you don't know how it tastes. So, um, yeah. I, you know, I live in a sighted world. I react to people or often speak to people like I'm sighted because, mm-hmm. you know, when in Rome, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say I, you know, I listened to the Bills lose yesterday. I say I watched them lose. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's just the way that people talk. So that's the way I talk. But I think that the biggest misconception is just that people place limiting beliefs on what other people can do based on, uh, you know, how people are different. And it's not really necessarily their fault that they don't know any different. They've never been blind. So mm-hmm. God, a lot of people think, well, if I was blind, I couldn't tie my own shoes. I get that because mm-hmm. they've tied their, they've tied their shoes all their life, being able to see the laces, mm-hmm. right? It's like, a, for me, I don't know how I would survive if I couldn't hear, because to me, that's my number one sense, right? Mm-hmm. I pick up most of my information through my hearing. If mm-hmm. someone took my hearing away tomorrow, I have no idea how I'd walk through life. So it's just the way we perceive the world and if someone has a challenge that we don't, a lot of times we think, well, I can't imagine how they, how they interact with the world, and mm-hmm. certainly not as an entrepreneur building something for yourself. Yeah, and it's all they know. So, you know, what really, you know, struck me as like amazing is that, you know, as insurance, a lot of that's marketing, a lot of that's meeting people, a lot mm-hmm. of that is just getting out there and really getting your name out there. For so someone that is completely blind, I was like, that's amazing. Like mm-hmm. that is like. So encouraging. So because so many days I sit here and I'm like, well, I can't do this or I can't do that or or this is going to be such a struggle. I'm like, this guy has overcome all the odds to do such amazing things and build a, an amazing business. So you know, how has that been for you? If you want me asking you straightforwardly, like how has it been networking, getting clients or especially, you know, getting people to just, you know, for you to network when when that, you know, obviously that's not as easy as some other things. I, to be honest with you, I think it's a it's a good question. I think the honestly, the, the toughest part was travel to and from my appointments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had no problem picking up a phone. You know, I have a talking computer, a uh, talking software on my computer. It's called JAWS for Windows, which uh, helps me read what's on the screen so I can find contacts. I can find leads, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, you know, I can dial a phone. I have a smartphone like everybody else. Siri mm-hmm. talks back and forth with me. We argue a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I can make calls the same way that anyone else would. The hardest part was travel. So lately it's mm-hmm. been Uber a lot. Uh, before that I was using a door-to-door service by, uh, from the NFTA, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is is a great service but it also sometimes in terms of timeliness Mm -hmm. sometimes you're very early for those appointments you really have to plan out your schedule uh, because there's really a kind of a window of time in terms of when they're going to pick you up and often you arrive early so I'd let my business owners I was going to meet with know I may be early for the appointment Mm -hmm. it's fine I'll hang out wherever Mm -hmm. and once people realized that that I was blind you know when I walked in with Mm -hmm. a a seeing eye dog a leader Mm -hmm. dog I think it was quite obvious yeah um but people really were curious about it. So mm-hmm. did, they didn't always ask questions right away, but I think they were curious about how is this guy going to present to me? Mm-hmm. How is this going to work? And I think to some extent that curiosity worked out to my advantage. Yeah. Networking, I think, you know, I, I love going out and meeting people. And same thing. I, a lot of times you have to go up to people, I feel like, I don't mean you specifically, mm-hmm. but I think most sighted people probably have to introduce themselves at least 50% of the time and walk across the room if they want to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. I find that most of the time people come to me because I have a dog. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're curious and, hey, can I pet the dog? Well, you know, right now he's working, but it always starts a conversation. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and after being an agent for four years, I 
uh, became a district sales coordinator and started building my own team. And because it was always about it was always about creating that leverage, helping people succeed, coaching people to their own success, and in doing so, being able to increase that flow of residual income. Yeah. So you know that that being said, when when you were meeting with with other people, um, do you, do you felt like could you could you sometimes feel like how they don't know how to interact with you sometimes? Or so what was your best like icebreaker? I have to ask. Humor. Humor yeah. is always. <laughs> it's whether it be public speaking or face to face interaction or presenting to a group. Um, it's always humor. I always try to break the ice. I will drop often what I call a blind joke when I can. You know, I often will say, you know, I'll ask a question and say, you know, raising your hands isn't going to help me, obviously. And, and people <laughs> usually will laugh at that. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a bunch of them that I've used uh, about the dog. Or well, I think it does. It blind. shows that you're human and shows that you're like, it's okay, you know, you know, to, to laugh, right? It it's makes okay. them more comfortable, I think. I think you're absolutely right. I think it makes people sit there and go, okay, if he's okay with, with making a joke about it, he's comfortable with it. If he's gonna if he's gonna crack a, a joke about his blindness mm -hmm. and use self deprecating humor, then then obviously I can I can at least be comfortable around him and have a conversation. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is that they don't people don't know how to interact with somebody who they're not familiar with, and, and, and blindness is something a lot of people have never really been exposed to face to face. Mm -hmm. And once they realize you're comfortable with it, it's all about you putting people at ease, right? I mean, yeah. That's in my opinion. And, and I totally agree. Well. And, it, and it shows confidence too when you do that. So my question is too, so especially when we're building a business, especially in the beginning stages, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing you called client, you know, like you're like me, maybe I, I tell me if I'm wrong here, but when you first open up your business, especially when it's a service-based industry, like in this, you know, for me, it was sales, mm -hmm. it was marketing, it was advertising for you. It was obviously insurance, you know, the, you know, the phone book was your best friend, right? So we're calling people and obviously people don't know. So, so I guess I'm trying to get that is when you met with people, or at least when I met with people, sometimes they blew, blew me off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they rescheduled so for you that wasn't so easy for you because you made plans to get transportation this is before uber mm -hmm. so did you ever get there before and they blew you off and you're like man i just wasted x amount of time preparation yep. sure so how so if that's true how did you get through that because how about you that's self-defeating when it happens to anyone let alone someone that has to plan a little bit extra you know dave i think the the biggest thing is i I don't know. I just was so committed to getting where I wanted to go. And as an entrepreneur who's successful yourself, I'm sure you understand this. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't mean you don't get knocked off the horse. I mean, there were plenty of days where I woke up and said, is this what I really want to keep doing? Mm -hmm. We all have the, you know, I want to quit days as I call them. Mm -hmm. But if you're really focused on your mission and you know where you're going, then it's di more difficult to knock you off of that path. And so when people would cancel or reschedule, uh, I, you know, I could take that as a positive or a negative. Yeah, it was frustrating, of course. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that I needed to get in front of a certain number of people mm -hmm. and, you know, flip over enough cards to get to the ace, so mm -hmm. to speak, if I wanted to be successful as a matter of going through the numbers. I understood that because I had I had mentors who I'd, you know, sought out in the beginning of my career who had told me that, look, this is what it's all about. Don't let people fool you into believing there's a secret to it. The secret is, yes, good presentation, but if you're not in front of enough people, it's not going to happen for you. And so it was about going, you know, going through that rejection. And to some extent, I use it to my advantage. And I feel like sometimes people look at a cancellation or, or a, more importantly, a reschedule or a no-show as a negative. I looked at it as, hey, once I reschedule this and I show up with a, with a guide dog, 
mm-hmm. they're going to feel like they need to buy from me. Oh, my God. You're so true. <laughs> right? So you're so right. Oh, so my like... God. I blew the blind guy off. Now I have to buy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that it's so true. And I, I think it, I think it's, I'm sure you might have, did you ever tell them over the phone or did you just kind of like surprise them in person? So for a while, I used to send letters um, mm-hmm. and I used to put at the bottom of the letter, P.S., uh, when I come on the, when I, when I arrive at this appointment, I'll, I'll be coming with my yellow Labrador seeing eye dog. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know, know the term leader dog. So mm-hmm. I just use seeing eye dog, mm-hmm. um, Rupert, who was mm-hmm. my previous dog. Mm-hmm. Um, please let me know if he'll be an inconvenience. Then I'd follow up with the phone call. But at that point they already knew mm-hmm. that I was coming with a dog. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know, I didn't say, Hey, by the way, I'm blind, mm-hmm. but I figured 98% of the population is going to figure it out. They're going to figure that out. Huh? Yeah. And, and so for the 2%, I feel like... that was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, really quick. If you love what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review and rate it. It takes 10 seconds, but it means so much to me. Let others know about it. If you know a Western New York entrepreneur who is killing it right now and should be interviewed, please introduce them to me. Again, I want to keep this thing going, so please leave a review and share it on your social media platform of your choice so others know about this. No, I think it's so cool because I, you know, I was just wondering that, you know, how does that work when you have a, you're so right though. Like for me, whenever I had a, a cancellation, I'm like, well, this is an opportunity to call through my leads that I didn't get to or call them twice because sometimes mm-hmm. it's all a numbers game. Absolutely. Especially in the service. And it's just, you know, the more people you get in front of, the more people it works. So I was just wondering how that works for you because obviously I only know what I know, which which isn't that much, Pat. But, um, but <laughs> sure yeah. You do. So what was, you know, what was the, is there a certain time or day that really struck you as like, you know what? This is, it was like, it was like a, a tipping point for you where you're like, you know what, I'm either going to quit or I'm going to move forward. Or, you know what, this was the hardest day, but this is what I learned from it. Anything that kind of sticks out to you from the past 12 years or so? Sure. Uh, when I was 20, in 2013 um, or 2012, it was, I had a day where I really, it was just a, a horrible day. And I really just felt like this, this, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to my, I called, I did, I did the right thing. I called up my mentor um, and my coach and, uh, somebody who'd coached me through the first year of my business. And he came and, and met with me and we sat down and talked. And he just said, the one thing you need to think about right now in this moment, before you go out and do, you know, give me one more day is you need to ask yourself, as bad as today was, is it better than, than where you came from? So is it better from what you, what you left to go on this journey because you felt this was better? And from that moment, mo- that point forward, I thought to myself, well, this was a bad day, but it's still, it's still the, uh, would be my best day mm-hmm. sitting at a desk, taking income calls on and making $10 an hour for or somebody. 25 cents a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for somebody telling me, telling me what I, you know, that I, I had to work on Christmas Eve. So I think a lot of it is perspective, mm-hmm. right? And it's all mindset. And I learned yeah. that probably in 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. really started to work on investing in my business and investing in a lot of it, investing in myself, mm-hmm. in personal growth. And I think that, uh, I guess if I had anything to, to tell other entrepreneurs, one of the biggest things I would tell them is I wish I spent more money and invested more time and more energy in, in self-growth, personal growth, personal development in the first two years of my business that I do now um, because it's one of the things that's helped me grow faster in the last three, four, five years than I ever did in my first two or three years of my business. And so developing that mindset can really help you get through those bad days. I now every morning listen to some type of an audio 
uh, or it could be a video, but the video doesn't help me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, positive audio, something motivational, you know, whether it be Grant Cardone or Jay Shetty or, mm-hmm. um, you know, anybody who, who brings something positive or just talk, speaks in a way that, that I can relate to about where I'm headed and what my mission is overall mm-hmm. for life. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that's really huge, clearly big to you, just re, you know, kind of piggybacking off what you said was, is that mindset is huge for you. And, and obviously a mentor has been huge for you. Absolutely. So do you, you've have, you had multiple mentors. Do you have a couple? For me, I like having different mentors for different things, like maybe a mentor for being a husband, yep. uh, a mentor spiritually, a mentor for, um, for business. So what about you? Yeah, I think it's a great point. And we all can, I'm married, been married for a year and a half and, and, uh, I don't think I'm the worst husband in the world, but we can all use a mentor in that area, right? Yeah. Can, you know, that's something that, hey, if you've never done this before, talk to somebody who's successful. And it's one of the things that I think is always interesting is that unfortunately, I think one of the mistakes people tend to make, not only entrepreneurs, but people in life in general, they tend to seek advice from people who aren't where they want to go. Yeah. Right? They, you know, they talk to somebody about marriage who's in a failing marriage or who's been divorced twice. It's like, okay, that's probably not, doesn't mean they're a bad person, mm-hmm. but they're probably not the person at this point in their life right now that you want to be seeking their advice advice on that topic. If it's somebody who, you know, has tried to succeed in your business and isn't where you want to go, then you might want to seek the advice of someone else. So I agree with you also. Mm-hmm. I have mentors in multiple areas of my life. Um, I, I just recently started working with a, a, a mentor and, and a friend. His name is Drayton in uh, the network marketing industry. Mm-hmm. And he's been really great for the growth of my business. And, and I think part of it is he's around the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's currently in a, you know, a growth time in his business, building his business to where I want to go. But he's a few steps ahead of me. So really kind of being able to talk to him about the you know the challenges that he's had in the last two three years um, it's very real because he's he's just experienced that and he's more successful than I am but he's younger than me so I think a lot of that I can relate to Um, Mm -hmm. having mentors in the insurance industry one of the first things I did when I got into the insurance industry was pull aside two or three of the top producers and say how do you do what you do and you always think that those people aren't going to be willing to help you you know, for lunch and, and uh, you know, in an hour of, of coffee, and yeah. a, an hour of questioning them and, and interviewing them, so to speak, it's amazing what people are willing to share with you if you take an interest in them and who they are. And, uh, you know, some of them were less forthcoming in the beginning than others, but uh, I was persistent and a couple of them became great mentors for me. Uh, many of them became very good mentors for me. And, and same thing, having a life coach of some kind, uh, I do have a, a coach for just for overall business and life uh, and just keeping my mindset where it needs to be in tip top peak condition every day uh, because we all, all of us at times have things that knock us off course. And if you're mission focused on where you want to go and how you want to get there, sometimes it's more difficult for you to see those roadblocks as you hit them, no pun intended, as yeah. it is for somebody who can kind of take an outsider's view and say, you know, from my perspective, what do you think about this and shine a light on, you know, kind of the path that you want to be on versus where you are on the day when you're not on the right path. And I think it's so true. And someone that's as real or, or truthful with you, sometimes yes. we need truth, especially from someone we trust. And I, I couldn't agree with you more with everything you're saying. Like, I love it. So one thing I want to reiterate to our listeners out there is who are you taking advice from? And is that good for you? 
Is that healthy for you in terms of yourself, your relationship, your business? Where are you getting advice from constantly? Who is it from? And is that who you should be listening to? So I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, show me your environment. I have a very good idea of where you're going. Like a fish can't outgrow its fish tank. Mm-hmm. Are the people you're listening to, especially your mentors, they should always be above you or a step ahead of you. Perfect. Great point. Yeah. Huge. That's huge because, it, you know, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but go for it, Pat. It's huge. I mean, if you... A lot of times people like to hang out with, and I, and I fell into this trap at one point just because at some point it becomes comforting, uh, comfortable, which is comfort is your worst enemy, by the way. Yeah. It's okay to be comfortable once in a while, but for the most part, most part, your growth is going to happen. You've heard this before, outside of your comfort zone, and sometimes just, just barely outside. But you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, and I try my, the be, my best to live <laughs> by this, if you're the smartest person in the room, unless you're the one presenting at the front of it, you're probably in the wrong room. Yep. You want to hang out with people who, as you said, are a step above you, a step, you know, a step ahead of you or multiple steps where you're going rather than where you are now or where you come from. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't ever hang out with people who are in those other areas, but you want to be consistently spending time with somebody who's where you want to, who, who is right now where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, you hear it all the time. You're, you become like the five people or whatever the number is, uh, that you hang out with the most. Your income reflects that. Your personality reflects that. And just think about it. Yeah, you your hang character, out with, your integrity. You hang out with someone who yeah. swears every other word, you start swearing, right? Whether yeah. you do that typically or not, it's just human nature if you're around that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. No, I, And uh, I, for me, I'm such a deep thinker. I mm-hmm. love surrounding myself with such deep thinkers that, you know, in a positive way, we question everything that we do. And, you know, why do we do things a certain way? Why does it have to be that way? Why does the status mm-hmm. quo have to be that? And why do we, you know, I know it's been doing this the last 30 years, but, you know, what about the next 30 days? And mm-hmm. so for, for us, we really share that vision of, you know, we need to surround ourselves with great people, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to meet with you. Because when I read your bio on your website, I'm like, this guy and I are so similar. It's not even funny. Absolutely. So that's so cool. So believe it or not, we only have like four minutes left, my wow. friend. So I do want to ask a couple. So if you, and I know I'm putting you on the spot for this, but if you had to give our listeners four or five books or audios that you really love and have really, you know, just helped you, do, do, can you think of any, like the top four or five? That you like? Sure. Uh, Cashflow Quadrant is a big one by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. That cha- that was around the time when I was changing my my mindset on money and just not even just money, but just uh, overall time, the importance of time and how you spend your time. And are you creating an asset? In other words, are you creating something that's going to pay you long term? And that, by the way, I think sometimes when I say that, not to get off on a sidetrack, but real quick, when you're an entrepreneur, a lot of times I think people think that you're suggesting they should quit their job and go be an entrepreneur. And that's not what I mean. I think there's a lot of people who do really important jobs out there, nurses, teachers, doctors, uh, you know, social workers, they do work that, you know, sometimes is thankless, but they believe in the work they do and they're changing the world and doing it. And I, I believe those people don't get, many of them don't get paid what they're worth. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean they should stop doing what they're doing. I just think that creating f- a secondary flows of income for everybody, in addition to what they're already doing alongside what they're doing is super important. Mm-hmm. And that's really why that's one of my missions is helping people do that and coaching people to do that um, through you know entrepreneurial vehicles. But I think that, you know, back to, you know, to your question, mm-hmm. Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki was a big one. Um, be obsessed, be a, be obsessed or be average by Grant Cardone is one I've listened to a couple of times. One that's a real you know oldie but goodie, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read that, it's you know it is such a great book and mm-hmm. it's timeless. I mean mm-hmm. there are so many concepts in that book that are super simple, 
but that most of us are not implementing in our day-to-day life, or at least we're not if we haven't read the book and gone through it with a fine-tooth comb. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. Um, Three Feet from Gold uh, by Greg Reed and, and Sharon Lecter. That's another great one uh, that just kind of is more of a, a modern-day think-and-grow-rich, uh, which interview, you know, Greg Reed interviews a lot of the uh, modern-day successful entrepreneurs in much the same way that, that uh, Napoleon Hill did and finds that, hey, the things that worked years ago, many of those same things in, in terms of entrepreneurs and building a business work today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another great one. Uh, I forget who it's by, but what to say when you talk to yourself, that's another great one on uh, positive mind, you know, mindset and you know, positive self-talk versus telling yourself you can every day, which honestly, your brain controls so much. If you don't program your brain properly, it's, you know, you're going to end up in a place where you don't like the destination. Yeah, or if you don't do nothing with it, it turns in the mush, right? Yeah. So I think it's, so so clearly you've done your homework in terms of personal growth and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and mindset and, and everything we just talked about. So, so many of us, you know, and I know there was an old saying saying, hey, you know, knowledge is power, but I, I'm going to call BS on that one. It's, it's use It's use of knowledge. And Applied knowledge is power. Absolutely. So 30 years ago, if you knew a lot, that puts you ahead. But today, there's so much knowledge out there. It's really who implements it and uses it. And so many people want this secret or this shortcut. It's just not out there. But I'll tell you what, there's so much knowledge, so many books, so much audiobooks. A lot of it's even free. And so many times, you know, we just got to use it and then, or, you know, learn it and then we use it right away. Invest in yourself. We think nothing of spending 50 or 100 grand on going to college mm-hmm. to get a degree. Not saying that's wrong for a lot of people, that's the right path. But invest in yourself. Put you know, that's the best, best resource and the best asset you can build is yourself. And then take action on what you learn because the, the as you just said so wisely, the knowledge itself is useless if you don't apply it. And then become a leader in any way that you can. I don't, I don't, it's not always going to be the same way for everybody. But leaders are the people who get, they're the ones who control the future of, of the world. They're the ones that control the future of the mission, whatever the mission is, and embody the mission you're on. And they're the ones who solve the problems. And the people who solve the problems make the most money and also typically get the most fulfillment out of life. Yeah. And it's always, that's awkward when you first do it. You're thinking, well, I can't, and mm-hmm. I, I've started this low, or I started too late, or I'm too young to do that stuff. And it's, it's all just, nonsense. It's, it's all nonsense. So, we do not. We're out of time, my friend. But wow. I do want Could have done this all day. Yeah, I know. So I do want to, you know, make sure we get your contact info that that you feel comfortable putting over the air pad. So sure. for those that really just, you know, love, you know, love your, you know, your basically your charisma, or they just love, you know, your story and what you do, and just would love to have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. and use your services, maybe have you speak at their events of any way. Um, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, Pat? Sure. Uh, email Patrick, P A T R I C K at Patrick Engasser, my last name, E-N-G-A-S-S, like Sam, E-R.com. So it's Patrick at PatrickEngasser.com. That's the easiest way, or obviously going onto my website, you can hook up with me on social media through that. Um, You can find me on on Facebook and and social media. And, you know, just overall looking to help entrepreneurs where I can, you know, or people who are considering, right? Because sometimes it's, do I I take that leap? That's the hardest part. Um, Or somebody who, yeah, looking for, you know, somebody to come in and, and motivate, but also get people to the next level. That's what I love doing. It's what my passion is and it what it's what gets me out of bed every day. 
Yeah, that's so good, Pat. And um, and for those you know who didn't get that spelling correct, it's fine. It's in the bio. All this is going to be on there in the podcast. So click on the bio if you didn't get that spelling correct, and we'll make sure it's done for you, Pat. So perfect. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely it's been brother. an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.